congregation. So uh, listen up and uh, let's just welcome Pastor Fred for, and thank him for all the work he does. <laughs> You are very welcome. Thank you for the thank you. Well, I did that. Guess I gotta be careful here. Um, let's try that. Okay, that sounds more normal again now that I'm away from the speaker. Yeah. Okay. Any idea what that is? Yeah, it's recording. Thank you. No, it's not a recording. (laughs) But we are recording. It's red. And it's yellow. And it's yellow. They're very good. Well, yeah. I'm sure you could. Joshua says it's a pumpkin. Somebody's hungry. (laughs) Molten gold. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll show you what it is. The number 20? Okay. You see a what? An R and an O. Okay. All right. Any other guesses? More like Rome. <laughs> like Rome. So Joshua, of course, knew what it was because he's seen it. Yes. See, he designed it. I did design it. He's a pumpkin designer. <laughs> I'm a pumpkin designer. <laughs> right. Always aspired to be a pumpkin designer. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I uh, picked up some pumpkins a few weeks ago, and uh, as many of you know, Lisa was home, and I thought, oh, this will be something fun. We can. It's been a while since we've done pumpkins, pumpkins together, and uh, time came and time went, and they didn't have any interest, and so the one day I just started carving away, and I was thinking of. You know, how to represent, I had three pumpkins, how do you represent each of your children? And so, uh, this is what I came up with. And it was really fun, um, quite honestly, um, you know, to find, number one, a way to do this, you know, because I'm just kind of scrounging from tools. Um, but there's always a, where there's a will, there's a way, right? So you just find things and you make up your own tools where you need to. And, uh, you know, you start in one area and you mess up, and so you just make the O bigger, or you make the Air Force symbol a little wider. Now, both sides have to get wider because you screwed up. But you can do that. You know, it, it's really easy. You don't see the mistakes. Well, hopefully you don't see too many. But because you can cover them up along as you go along the way. And it's just kind of ministered to me. You know, I'm, I'm thinking um, this morning as I was I was getting ready. 
for the word. Um, you know, as Jennifer said, it, sometimes it does just drop in, but th- those times are often few and far between. Often he gives you a start or a place and he says, I want you to dig here. Um, this morning, he just pointed to this picture for me and he said, a picture is worth a thousand words. And it just spoke to me. It, it just spoke to me personally of the craftsmanship that he puts into us. How he takes our mistakes, right? And he just carves out something even greater so that no one can even tell. It's seamless. And I was reminded of several scriptures. One being Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. And it's a familiar verse, but it's a good verse. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Another scripture that came to mind was Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. And all of us are the work of your hands. So, it was difficult this morning. Um, I'll tell you why. Um, as many of you know, and some of you may not, um, my brother-in-law passed away suddenly yesterday. Um, I, unknown to me, he had told my brother this um, when I didn't know. Uh, he had a heart condition. And he had one, his left ventricle was enlarged, and he told my brother, well, basically I'm a ticking Tom time bomb. I could go at any moment. Um, and yesterday he went. And I thought, you know, obviously he's been at the forefront of my mind in the last 24 hours, and for our family. And I thought, well, I don't know that I should really go there. Um, And yet God reminded me of the scripture that when one part of the body weeps, we all weep, right? When one part of the body is happy, we're all happy, and so on and so forth. And I don't want to necessarily take you into sadness, but what he spoke to me was to share with you the testimony of my brother-in-law's life which is just incredible. Um, And it's interesting that even now, in his death, I'm still getting to know him. Um, 
So my brother-in-law, John, uh, he's been married to my sister for almost 12 years. It'll be 12 years in November. And uh, he is the love of her life, apart from Jesus. Uh, my sister had a tough time finding that love of her life, okay? And so it made it all the more precious, and you could just see the love that they have for one another. Forgive me if I get off track. John was pretty amazing. He did everything. He was a farmer. He worked uh, tool and die. Um, in fact, I knew that he had been accumulating machinery, but until last night, I didn't know how much. We had been to my sister's place, uh, and over the course of the last year or two, they've more recently moved into John's father's farm. Uh, John's dad had passed recently, and so they moved into the farm. And we'd never been there yet. I'd heard about this place because my brother-in-law Scott was like John's John's best buddy. The two of John, Scott retired early. Scott was very fortunate. He retired in his early 50s. Uh, from a government job. And so, uh, since John came along, the two of them have just been best buddies, and Scott would go and spend time at the farm, and as John would have plans, and he would lay them out, and Scott would say, well, I can do that. I can make this happen. Oh, I can do that for you, because they're both tool guys. They, they knew how to create. They knew how to make things happen. And so last night, I went out, and I asked Scott, I said, can you show me around? I've never been here before. And it was amazing to me. We, we went into one room after another where my brother-in-law, he has probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of machining equipment. I might, I'm probably underestimating it because I didn't know there were so many machines that could make machines, right? Russell's shaking his head. I mean, it just boggles the mind. And, and there it's all sitting, and he's going, well, this one does this. And this one, if you put a block of wood in, it will do this. And you put a block of metal in this, it'll do this, turn it sideways, put a hole in it, and then pop it out and say, it'll say hello. I mean, it's just just amazing stuff. Um, and, you know, he's got a, a place to butcher in the back. He's got he's got a smoking, uh, uh, not smoking, a, uh, a meat smoking doohickey that would make Kevin jealous. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> a smoker. Yeah, me with smoking thingy. Whatever. <laughs> I do. But we went into room after room. And it was just filled with all these things. And I just I just stood in amazement and and about the time I, I was I said several times, thank you for showing me. He's like, oh no, there's more. <laughs> And Scott would just keep going to the next room. Over here, John and I plan to do this. John plans to do this here. John plans, let's come over here. Let me show you what John's doing over here. It was pretty amazing. My brother-in-law was an amazing man. But even more amazing 
was what my sister had shared with me maybe half an hour earlier. We were talking, and, and of course she's hurting, and she says, you know, he was so on fire. He was so on fire for Jesus. My brother-in-law, in the last three years, somewhere in there, in our vernacular, found Jesus. He found Jesus like never before. He was pursuing hot and heavy after Jesus. He was passionate about Jesus. He was taking classes to become a deacon in the Catholic Church. Just passionate. He, he would come to me and say, oh my gosh, I, I understand now. You know, and we would have just some really good discussions about what God has been speaking. And, and it was my privilege even at times to speak into that and, and to just blow on the fire that I saw rising. A few years back, my brother my sister and brother-in-law love to uh, help out with retreats. There's a retreat center in Cary, Ohio. And uh, they would go and spend a lot of time doing this. Well, an opportunity presented itself a few years back, shortly after he kind of God lit him on fire. And the diocese, the Catholic diocese, no longer supported or wanted to support the retreat center. Well, John said, I have an idea. He went to my sister, and they decided that they would run the retreat center, uh, both as a ministry and a business. And they've been making plans, and they've been working on this, and they've been running retreats for the last few years down in Cary, Ohio, um, just for different groups, both Catholic and non-denominational, other, other groups. Um, I've talked... You know, at times it would be, uh, that at one point it would be nice to do something down there. But, so they decided to do this. And even recently, my sister quit her job so that she could do this full time. You were passionate about Jesus. So what and who cares? It's his legacy. That's an amazing legacy. I, I go out and I see everything that he's been doing. This was his plan for retirement, right? He had all these machines and he was going to go out and do things. And yet, in spite of everything he was doing on the side, his greatest legacy, my brother-in-law knows like everyone. I mean, I'm not kidding. I think he's related to half the people in a, in a not a tri-county, but a whatever you call a four-county region. Quad county, there you go. I mean, they either know him or they're related to him in some way, shape, or form, and he's touched lives. You know, it amazes me, because even as before he passed, he's walking down the road, and he's just calling people randomly and checking up on them and saying, hey, how'd you do with getting the crops in this year? How are things going? 
What's going on with you? The family doing well? And he's just calling people. That's a legacy. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the many plans are in man's heart. The counsel of the Lord will stand. In the Amplified, it says this, Many plans are in man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Nothing was wasted. You know, even I know in his death, as we gather in the next few days, I see family coming closer together. I see people who have never met suddenly being exposed to the light of Christ. On the way down, we're talking, you know, how's my sister going to do this? How's she going to run this retreat center now that he's gone? Because he did everything. We get there. And she begins telling us the story of how this person they just happened to know, randomly called them just a week ago, out of the blue, and said, you know, I want you to know that God has been putting it on my heart to pray about coming and working full-time, donating my time to the retreat center, and just moving to Cary, Ohio. He had a plan. Nothing catches him off guard. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, says this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We have many plans, right? There are many things we're setting our hands to. But there's nothing greater than letting your light shine. There's nothing greater than stewarding the light within. Even even when, look, when he's developing us, it looks like this. It really does. And people go, oh, that's nice. I see light. I think I might see an R and an O. I might see, I don't know, maybe it's a racetrack. They don't know what they see. Yet, we're called to simply let it shine, no matter what it looks like. And just trust that even if there's a little mistake we throw in there, that sooner or later he makes it into perfection. Reminded how fleeting life is. Not only through that, but I went to pick up the pumpkins this morning after 
Michelle and Joshua left, and I made the mistake. I knew better. I'm believing them inside because, well, just put them in front of the TV, they make a nice display. But I saw one kind of weeping <laughs> this morning. I went to pick it up, and I couldn't get to the door quick enough. It just melted in my hands. <laughs> yes, it was sad. And the other ones were fuzzy. They were getting fuzzy eyeballs and so on and so forth. <laughs> Everything has an end to it. <laughs> but we get to enjoy it for the moment. And yeah. such is life. There's many things which we're setting our hands to. And look, it may seem like kind of sad, like, oh, well, John had all that stuff in his in his garage and his barns, and he never got to use it, he never got to invest in retirement. I guarantee God will not let any of that go to waste. And it will bless someone. And someone, God will be glorified in it. Right? Man makes his plans, but God orders his steps. And so it might be that we're a little off the rail even now. We all get that. We have moments where we're full on Jesus and then we go, oh, ice cream. Or, you know, squirrel, whatever the case may be. But he brings it back. And it... It just so amazes me. Every single time I've, I've gone off track, he said, well, let's just take a little detour. Let's make it a little more beautiful. And it's humbling. And it's wonderful. And it's just so Jesus. There's nothing greater than a life lived for Christ. Forget that sometimes. It's moments like this that I go, oh, that didn't matter. When I think of either petty little arguments I had with people at work or my wife or family members, it's like all of it just melts away. It's Jesus Christ crucified. Lord, living in us. And because he told me that a picture is worth a thousand words, I want to give the opportunity as we close. Yes, it's barely past 11 o'clock, and I'm closing. Unless you have something more to share. Because I felt like he said, you know, I think the picture is going to speak to some people. And so if there are any of you who have something that God has laid on your heart, whether it's a testimony outside of even what we've talked about, I just want to give you an opportunity to share that this morning before we clock. It's something that's spoken to you in the course of this service that's just ministered to your heart. Worship really ministered to me this morning. Very sweet. Thank you, Bob. It's good. It's so good just to have the opportunity to come down and worship with the rest of you. But if you have something, now it's your time. I can do you don't mind. I won't even make you go on the camera. I'll bring a microphone to you. 
But what's God been speaking to you? Jerry, by the way, for those of you who see nothing on camera. I really don't know what it means, but this morning I get my car to come over here and I turn the key and nothing. I did it about three, four times. Nothing. And I thought, well, I'm not going today. So I turned it about four more times on the fourth time it started. And on the way driving over here, a thought came to me. I don't know if it was a thought or a voice, but it said, what if you went to try it four more times? And I was thinking about that on the rest of the way over here. I'm still trying to figure out what it means. But I could have quit after four, some four more times. It's about eight times in the start. It's a testimony of perseverance for somebody. What else has he been speaking to you lately? Anything? Anything that you would like to share? I know there's also instances where he downloads and you go, oh, I am not ready to share this. (laughs) And that's okay. You going to come this way? Come on, Laura. Okay, no, we'll make it. This is Laura. He's been speaking to me about how important prayer is because um, on our way home from the football game on last Sunday, um, I went to Bears versus Packers football game, and on the way back, my sister had a light on her dash come on that said the right front tire was low so um and we were like 200 miles at least still away from home and so we're we're watching tire pressure and it's going lower and so she has me google how low is too low to drive with tire pressure so i googled that and she goes i think we need to stop and put some air in the tire and and hopefully make it home. And so we got in the car after putting air in the tire and the whole way home, we prayed together and we made it home safely and the tire did not blow and she got a tire, new tire put on it this week. But it, it just spoke to me how important prayer is and that Prayer can get you through anything. It's true. Absolutely. Prayer is, we often use it as a last resort, right? All I can do now is pray. I've been guilty of that for the years. But it's the first thing and the best thing we can do. It shifts heaven. It shifts earth. 
I just want to share that a dream that I had last night. I was, you know, I noticed that the more I pray, the more I pray, the Satan comes through me on dreams. And last night, it was about one o'clock in the morning, and uh, I started like seeing dogs, big dogs with big heads, and attack me. And they come to me, and I fight with them all night long. And then I, they try to grab me, and uh, I break their bones, whatever I could grab for them. I bro- uh, put my hands and broke them. And they want to bite me and get rid of me. And you know, they was mad. One was from one side, and the other one was in the other side. A, a beige dog and a black dog. And it was huge. And I tried to get away from them, but thank God, you know, he was with me. Because I had a lot of strength, and they tried to pull me by my head, and they couldn't reach me. And the more I fight, the gravity they come to me was just about that big. And I keep praying and praying, and then I start hollering. And Rita, she gets out and she said, are you okay, are you okay? I said, yes, now I am. But praise God, then I get up in the morning, like really tired. <laughs> tired and weak, but thank God I'm here, and thank you, Jesus. Tired because you're said, fighting dogs all night long. <laughs> breaking them with your bare hands. That's a Jesus thing. Listen, the enemy comes in. And his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. We blame others. We get ticked off about others. Sometimes it's justified, and sometimes it's just they're not conforming to our image or the way we think they should do that. Talking with the kids just the other night youth group about reality we've talked about this recently and we need to be aware of what's going on around you know we need to be aware of when situations arise is it something outside of me in the spiritual realm or is it something within because the enemy is pretty crafty he can make you think it's all in your head we're called to be aware Again, don't want you to be unaware of spiritual things. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Don't want you to be unaware of spiritual things. I want you to be able to assess the spiritual and discern the spiritual. What we do on our Thursday nights, we practice assessing the spiritual. Why? So we won't be caught unaware. We need to hear Papa's voice. We need to know how to break the bones of the dogs when they come after us. Right? We need to know the power of prayer when we don't have a clue about the mechanical at times. Because they're going, I don't know, let's Google it. (laughs) Hopefully this site's a good one. (laughs) When there's millions that could tell us five, you know, many different things. Come Come on. I got a brave one. Uh, so this morning when I was coming to church because you were talking about the enemy and on um, 
the message, it said that the two people who condemn you most on this earth are yourself and the enemy. And why on earth would you want to be on his side? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's good. Oh, and by the way, somebody has a birthday tomorrow, so I think you should sing. Oh. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Nice heads up. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. share before we close. Then if you need prayer, you know, let's take the time to pray for one another. Um, we had a nice time again. Friday night, praying with the kids. They were just eager. We're delightful. You are delightful. I agree. <laughs> I have a great time. Every time I, I gather with you guys. We played Ninja. I would tell you that. And I was super close. I was so close to winning. Not really. (laughs) You were. Yes. All right. It always came down to Mrs. Garcia and either Evelyn or Julie. Well, if you are in need of prayer, um, tell you what, anyone in need of prayer, if you are, raise your hand. There's one there back there. There's two. Oh, there's two back there. There's another one here. Anyone else in need of prayer? I'm going to pray generally, and then I'm going to just ask you, to a couple of you go that way, to pray over that nice couple in the back, Russell and Melissa. And then some more of you come over, and we'll surround Laura, and we'll pray for her. Anyone else? All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we just come to you this morning and we give you all glory and honor and praise and adoration. You are just so good. You are just bigger than life itself. Ah. I can't say enough about you, Lord. Your words just fail me. Just give you all glory and honor and praise. Just lift you up, Jesus. Just all glory and honor and praise be to you. Just bless you. We join in with the angels who just cry out, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We just bless you, Jesus. Because you are worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And so we give you this day. And we just thank you for the reminders. We don't thank you for death. We don't thank you for difficulties. We thank you that you were bigger 
than death. And you are bigger than the difficulties. And you're bigger than the challenges. And you're bigger than the trials. You're bigger than the tribulations, Father. There's nothing greater. So we give you glory, honor, and praise. Because it's only fitting. May you be high and lifted up over our homes this week. Over our families. Be high and lifted up over our workplace. Father, even when we don't feel like it, we pray that you would just let the light of Christ shine through us this week. As we laugh, as we play, as we cry, as we mourn. In every situation, let Jesus Christ be glorified in us and through us. We just ask all this. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, you want to gather around the Montgomery's? And Laura, why don't you come up here in this corner? If you would, some can gather around her. And if anyone else is in need of prayer, we'll pray for you next. Kids, if you didn't get enough prayer Friday night, step right up. Here's your chance. And for you at home, (laughs) if you want to um, follow us more, you can go to arcgenoa.org. You can contact us through there and we would be more than happy to pray for you as well. You do not know this Jesus when we speak of. You can go to the button which says meet Jesus. And uh, we just thank you for joining us this morning and we bless you in Jesus' name.